Good morning, Trinity Grace Church. I'm excited to worship together today. I know some of us have been worshiping online throughout the fall, but for those who have been enjoying worshiping in person, I know this feels a bit strange and even disappointing to be gathering online only today. As we said in the communications we sent yesterday, there were a number of unique factors that made this seem like the wisest way to gather this morning. But we are confident in our ability to gather in person throughout the, the winter. I don't want to downplay the ongoing threats and challenges posed by the pandemic, but we're in a much different place than we were last year. And for that, we're very grateful. <clears throat> and this is still church because we are the church and we worship the one called Emmanuel, God with us. He who left the splendor of heaven to lay among animals in a stable is surely willing to meet with us wherever we find ourselves this morning. And that truth that God is with us makes all the difference. Lighting a candle is a simple yet profound act. It's a testimony that darkness holds no power over the presence of light. The fourth candle of Advent is historically known as the candle of peace. So in this moment of anxiety, we light this candle to say we cling to the one who is called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Today we celebrate that woven throughout the prophecies of the Messiah are promises that his coming would bring peace. Nearly 1,000 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Micah says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. Near the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus himself told his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Let's join now together in the prayer to the one Emmanuel, God with us, whose very presence is our peace. Pray with me. Prince of Peace, reveal yourself to us today. We need your peace in our lives, in our homes, our church, our city, our whole world. Help us to slow our minds and hearts and genuinely seek the peace you provide that we may carry it with us throughout our weary world. Amen. Now we'll read our teaching text, which is found in Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. 
This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who he was pledged to marry him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is David. If we haven't met, uh, I'm one of the pastors, and it really is a privilege to still be able to do this uh, in a moment like we find ourselves in. I wanted to also just say thank you to everybody who did the kids' video and also to everybody who serves in kids' church. Um, I, I can't tell you how thankful I am for people who are willing to invest in that particular ministry as, as volunteers. Uh, and if you are up for some of the most tiring and yet rewarding work you might do on a Sunday morning, um, I'm sure they could uh, use with more help uh, in the kids' ministry. Um, and it would be beautiful experience and testing of your faith because you don't always see results instantly but you're sowing into the lives of kids and families and parents who will benefit along the way. Uh, I'd like to just pray before we jump in. God, this story we've heard so many times, some of us, some of us, it's pretty new. And we come to hear your voice this morning. We come in our cultural moment. We come with everything on our shoulders and everything in our hearts and everything on our minds and we we bring it to you and we quiet our souls 
And we ask that you would speak to us this morning in a moment where we really need to hear your voice. Spirit of God, be with every person who's tuning in this morning, who want to just hear from the living God and drink from the fountain of living water. We pray that now in your name. Amen. So uh, we, we've gone through, through Advent and we've come to this this week on peace. And one of the first questions we ask in sometimes surprising situations or when we're part of new developments is, uh, am I safe? And uh, we gather today in a moment where our culture and our country and our world is asking that again. We feel like Something of peace might have been disappearing over the last few days as we read stats or as people talk and uh, mandates change and all these things are happening around us. And we just want to say that, firstly, we are praying for you this holiday season. Uh, it is part of our joy to pray over all of the people who consider themselves part of this family uh, and for what you're going to experience over the next week. I've lived in uh, two different worlds, which required my psychological state to be kind of in two different ways of existence. And I realized this when we moved to New York City and we landed in what I considered a pretty hostile environment. Now, uh, as, as a side, uh, uh, the fine print is that us moving into the place we moved in was also uh, a, a potential threat to a neighborhood that was considered gentrifying at the time. And so I didn't know this. We were brand new. So many things going on uh, that we were learning about. But we stepped into New York, new and um, our home in some senses felt unsafe. We had um, a, a dodgy studio filming happening above us. We had um, an alleged pedophile uh, that was busy with the ongoing investigation that lived across from us. We had what seemed like a drug house underneath us uh, with visitors coming in all day long and then uh, smoke seeping through the floors. Uh, we had gunshots uh, outside of our window and so on. And uh, I know that might not be strange, for you, you might have some, some stories that, that uh, also remember, uh, re reveal some of this hostility that one faces, particularly when moving house into a new city. Um, I've heard some, some rough stories, but here's what is strange about it. In this new context that I found myself, I slept better than I had ever slept as an adult that I can remember. Possibly it has to do with all the smoke coming through the floors, but more likely that was waking us up in the middle of the night. Um, and I don't know how you define peace or what you look for in peace, but a good night's sleep is right up there for me. See, our previous context was even more hostile than the one that we landed in here in New York. Today, we're talking about peace and some of the conditions that you consider to contribute to your idea of peace might also be missing for you. A job that satisfies, finding a person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, the government that you trust, no pandemic regulations or more pandemic re regulations, uh, 
when our nation is not at war. That might be something that you desire. Or you might actually desire that our nation is out there at war. That means we're trying to keep the peace. I am not sure what your requirements are. But it is worth considering this question. Which elements that lead to your idea of peace seems lacking in your life at this point in time? We have a problem. Our search for peace and what we think peace is, is somewhat of a chasing after the wind. It's like pursuing a mirage in the desert only to find it doesn't exist. Or if we actually get a hold of it, it's fleeting. It disappears very quickly. If you're like me, you live at times in a way where when you feel like you are at peace, you spend most of your time fearing the next crisis that will come and rob you of that state that you are in right now. If you have it, you worry that you will lose it. This unattainable nature of peace, there's two reasons for it that I want to mention. There's probably more. One, we're actually pursuing something that might not be true peace. Firstly, last week Caleb spoke of the reduction of love that we make, uh, that, that we do. We reduce love to something that it is not. And in a, in a similar way, we reduce peace to something that it might not exactly be. We individualize it. We define it for myself. We'll talk a bit about that later. We equate it with tolerance. When we tolerate each other, and I, I actually am not bagging on tolerance. I just think it should have its proper place because tolerance doesn't necessarily lead to peace. It sometimes leads to suppressed hostility that then never gets dealt with. Cooperation, just working together. Let's all just work together and be at peace. Comfort, reprieve from struggle. The absence of hostility <laughs> That's not always what we are promised in Scripture, but the list goes on. And it's reasonable to think that the further we go down the road of pursuing a peace that is wrongly defined, the less chance there is that we'll actually find peace. Secondly, we are at the mercy of a broken world with broken people. And that's where this existence comes in, where you expect or you, you strive for peace and then something cuts in on you. Something changes. I remember certain moments in my life where I just, I know that that place right there, that's where I feel like my soul is at peace. On a particular chair in our lounge in the morning, overlooking Brooklyn with a cup of coffee in my hand and a book open on my lap, I, I find a, a moment of peace. But if you have kids, then you will understand those moments do not last long most of the time. Maybe peace is like, can I just finish a sentence with my spouse before the kids interrupt or be before something else has to happen? And we end up living in such a way that we're trying to hold on to these little moments, not insignificant, not insignificant moments, but there's always something or someone 
that takes it from us intentionally or not. In our world, it feels like maybe for you that this week with the pandemic's change and the numbers looking different, that the world has brought something again that has robbed you or robbed us of peace. Church life is hard. Life is hard. But we're still supposed to be at peace. How do we do that? See, the Bible does not promise that everything will be good or well all of the time. There is a way to live in, a way, uh, in such a way that results in blessing. Scripture is full of that. But when I choose Jesus, I'm not buying a car and I can't return it because I don't feel like the service I received has been what I was promised. That's not the, 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 the contract that's happening here. When I choose Jesus, I trust in his reign and that the way he designed the world is the way in which there will be peace ultimately. There is a sure way to live in which not to find peace, and that is pursuing peace that is wrongly defined and to live in such a way that we think curating our circumstances will bring the desired peace. How can I find peace in a world that seems intent of robbing it, stealing it, or promising a false peace? In this text, the angels come and they say this. This is their declaration. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. That's an interesting statement because what they are declaring is in some way that the glory of God and him being on the throne and him being where he ought to be and peace are directly proportional. In other words, when God is reigning in his place, then his peace that he promises will also follow. And this leads us to the starting place of our path towards peace. We have to realize that this is our tendency. We are committed to the idea that we are happiest if we direct our own lives. That is my heart. And maybe you can relate. I am committed, so committed, more than I'd like to admit, to the idea that I will be happiest if I get to direct my own life. The problem with that is we forego the trust in a loving creator that has our best at heart. And even when it doesn't look like it, that trust should still remain. And... Our pursuit of happiness, as we define it, inevitably imposes on or clashes with someone else's pursuit of happiness. And then we're stuck. By the way that we define peace, we need to be in control. And being in control means we are always fearing something imposing uh, or someone imposing in our lives something that will take away that peace. We are at the mercy of forces and people over whom we have no control. And so we have created a system of perpetual letdown. The problem with me being promised happiness is everyone and everything is either a, a conduit that I can use towards my own happiness or opposition or a threat 
to the happiness, the joy, the peace that I think I deserve. And we find ourselves either relentlessly pursuing or viciously defending our gains. And we see people as objects to be used or as threats to be protected against. So what if we can have peace that does not rely on our control? Then we have to ask, what is that peace? What should it look like? What should we hope and pray for if that's the case? What peace did God say he will bring as we celebrate Advent? Can you really be at peace within the circumstances that you find yourself? So the first distinction between the peace we seek and the peace that God promises is that God's peace comes not when we control our circumstances, but when we let him be in control. It is a redefinition of who is on the throne. And that takes something really difficult. It takes surrender. And Christmas time, often you don't think that. You think, oh, Christmas time, we are going to celebrate and we are going to get gifts and we're going to just find blessing and sing carols. But we don't necessarily put on that list. This is a time of surrender. Now, I want to make it clear that your vision of peace is not unimportant to God. It's not like he, he just kind of dismisses it and say, you're going to be miserable and you're going to be happy with that. That's not what I'm getting at here. Uh, but I am getting at the fact that uh, we, we tend to use God like a genie in a bottle that gets us what we think will make us happy. So we look at this text and we see the angels say, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all. All the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes, in a, lying in a manger. Now, if there's ever an argument that circumstances should not direct whether we have peace or not, it is when you can't get into a hotel, so you're going to go and stay in a stable and your kids sleep in a manger. This circumstance itself causes me anxiety as I read it. And yet the angel's message was, do not fear. I bring good news to the uh, shepherds. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on, on those on whom his favor rests. And so the second important part of this definition then of biblical peace that we are promised is that the angels declare, do not fear glory to God and peace on earth. Peace comes through the making right of things. To see peace in Scripture in a holistic way, we have to let Scripture interpret Scripture. So if we go to Colossians 1.19, this was what ultimately Jesus came for. He was born for this. He was the Prince of Peace coming to do something. And this is a description of what was happening that, that might not have been known at the time. And when the angels were promising peace, they were looking ahead to what Jesus would do. Colossians 1.19 for God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. 
his cross and the sufficiency of what Jesus did, standing in our place, paying the price, receiving the hostility so that we can have peace and firstly, peace with God. This is where it begins. Reconciliation, peace with God. God was willing to face hostility, aggression, suffering so that we can be reconciled to him. When we are at peace with God, we take on the mantle of becoming peacemakers as well. But it begins with God. Matthew 9. Blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called children of God. When God's children are reconciled to him, they will be peacemakers at the same time. Romans 12, do not repay anyone evil for evil. That's a a statement of grabbing onto control, holding on. If somebody does evil to me, I got to get back at that and fix it myself. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but carefully consider what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. So there is a sense, I love the grace in that statement, that when we contribute to be peacemakers, to live at peace, we can't always guarantee it, but we can play our part. As far as it is up to you, here is the mistake we make. We define peace as it seems right in our eyes. And this is what I meant earlier when I said we define peace in an individualistic way. What is peace for me? And then I I work on my world to gain that. And then there is a world out there that I have not yet looked at. And this statement, carefully consider what is right in the eyes of everybody, is not an insipid, well, let's vote and see what most people want. It is a consider that the peace that Jesus brings is a, is a peace that is for everyone, which is why the good news that the angels bring is good news for joy for all people, not just for some. And that brings up quite a, a tense reality. If I am at peace, but the world around me is not, it might be a false peace that I am experiencing. It might just be comfort in the moment. And this is a secret that I think if we could maybe understand it, we will see the kingdom of God break through. It often takes willing discomfort to get to experience the peace of God. Amazing how much our world conditions conditions us to pursue comfort as peace. Now, the good news that the angels are proclaiming um, about the Prince of Peace is that he will restore righteousness and justice. And this is important because we often pursue peace instead of pursuing what Scripture tells us to pursue, and peace will be the result. It's a bit of a cart before the horse situation. Prophetically, Jesus gets the name Prince of Peace. Here's Isaiah. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, this is an authority thing. That's what we're talking about. This is not a condition thing. This is not a circumstance thing. This is an authority thing. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Again, peace and authority is placed at the same, at the same place in these, in these ideas of what it takes. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it how? With justice and righteousness from that time on, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. It's incredible. The restoration of the world is dependent on Jesus being king. And his being king is evidenced by righteousness and justice being restored to our world. And the result of that is peace, because he is the Prince of Peace. See how these things connect. We can't just ask for peace as a gift, randomly, just because we need it. We have to embrace the entirety of the Kingdom of God, which includes surrender to his authority and trusting him to be the loving Father that he is. Righteousness is the making of right between humans and between us and him and justice is the acting in that right way living in such a way that produces the peace of God for all that is why the gospel is good news but let's be clear the gospel is only good news is if it is good news to all people not just peace for some Our problem with our peace is not only that some in our world seem to have a greater sense of peace in an existential way and others don't. Our problem is that many times what we gain in peace and joy and comfort as we define it comes at the expense of other people. If we live in a world where some flourish at the expense of others, our world is not yet in a kingdom state where Jesus reigns. And we cry out, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Righteousness is restored. Justice is practiced. This holiday season, we long for hope, joy, peace, and love. And the message today is that Jesus brings this because not because there were beautiful stars and angels' voices, but because he came as a king to make right what was broken. In the chaos of having little kids and little rest, peace is still there to be found. In the disappointment of pandemic realities, our job challenges, peace is still to be found. In the uncertainty of what the future holds and the challenges that lay ahead, peace is still there to be found because Jesus is to be found in the disappointment of an online gathering when all you want to do is be with people if you feel like I do peace is still to be found a peace that is not reliant on us being in control which means we have to be anxious and fearful to remain in control but is completely reliant on the person of Jesus being on the throne and church no matter what you've heard in the news, he is still on the throne and we can trust him. And that is why we have peace. That is why we can have peace. Listen again to our text. Do not fear. I bring good news of great joy for all 
for all, for all, because there is a king that is worthy. His name is the Prince of Peace. Wherever he reigns, peace follows. The kind that can't be taken away, not by calamity, not by pandemic, not by people who are out to get you, not by family fights over Christmas. It cannot be taken away because Jesus is on the throne. So I'm going to read this text from John 14, and I'm going to partake in uh, communion here. And if you want to join, I want to ask you to join. And then I want us to just have a moment of reflecting, naming our fears, naming our anxieties in this moment, naming the things that, that, that are circumstantial, that are robbing us of the peace of God that he brings because he is who he is. John 14. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Our failure to attain peace is not our failure from doing enough. It is a failure to trust in the one that brings us peace because of his sufficient work. So bring your fears, bring your troubles. And while I uh, grab the elements here just for a minute, Speak them out before God. Tell Him what they are. Name them so that He can receive our troubles. consider a threat to your peace? Which humans might seem like enemies to you in a time like this? It could be literally government officials. It could be people sitting around your table right now. Our peace is not conditional upon any of that because of what Jesus did. In fact, he says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And you can only do that if you really trust that Jesus has got this. That the Father is good. That he knows your anxieties, your fears. And that he's with you now. And in this Advent celebration, he promises us again that he is sufficient for what we need. The body of Christ that was broken for us and the blood of Christ that was shed for us are the symbols of the ultimate hostility, the ultimate unpeace that he received upon his shoulders so that we might call him the Prince of Peace. We receive his body and his blood this morning gratefully. And we go at the same time and be peacemakers with our families, with our neighbors, with our friends. Let's do that, church. Jesus, thank you for your body broken for us and your blood shed for us that we can celebrate today when we declare in faith we trust you for our peace, for our good. Even when things around us don't look like it, even if we don't like the decisions 
of those who are seemingly in control of our lives, even if I feel out of control of my own life, I come to your table trusting in your grace because you are kind and you are good. Thank you, Jesus.